We're good. Can we get someone just to give us a warning when we have like five minutes left? Because if not, we'll just go. And yeah. by the way, Thank you, the child does not bother us. The child is welcome, no matter how much noise your child makes. It doesn't bother me. I, I, didn't, think th- <laughs> I didn't think it was a problem. It'll be weird. Let's just not mention we're at the con. Okay. And then people will be like, why is there a baby in the background? <laughs> this is our first audience. Yeah. Is it? I no, we did it once. Did we did it once a million years ago. It's my first one. Oh. Yeah. So we're filming. We're recording a podcast right now. If you don't know, a podcast. I don't is know. A, it's I've like never a radio listened program. to a podcast. <laughs> okay, wait. Are <laughs> we recording are. a podcast right now? Okay, so we are recording a podcast right now. Hey. So this could just all be in. So let's be professional and Eric start the show. All right. Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair podcast. Coming to you live, I guess, from the Ottawa Comic Con. This is good. I'm very confident in this. I'm Eric. I'm Josh. And I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm Lee. And we are live to tape from the Ottawa Comic-Con on Sunday, September 10th at 10.30 a.m. This was all a long con just to get the three of us in here for free so we could walk around today. But a miracle, some people actually showed up to listen to the podcast today, which is weird. We sat down on ourselves. It was just my mother and my nieces that came. You're like, no. My mother didn't even come, actually. We're not not talking about that right now. Your mom had stuff to do. There's two people who are in Enter the Drag Dragon here. At least. There's two, yeah, background actors in that movie. And there's... So three Jeff, there's five, six people in the room that worked on that movie. Enter the Drag Dragon was a feature-length film shot in Ottawa. It's a drag queen martial arts film that was shot at the Mayfair. And it's entirely in focus. You should see it. <laughs> it's true. And you directed it. I don't know if that was clear, but... I know. always forget to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I helmed it. And, but Jeff was the still photographer on that film. Jeff and his wife helped out quite a bit on that movie. It took four years to make the film. And uh, it's fun to come to Comic-Con and pimp the Mayfair yeah. and our little drag queen movie. Yeah. And normally on a podcast, we would say... We are going to chat about the movies coming up the week of September 15th through the 21st. So I'm just going to get that out of the way to be pseudo-professional, because then we're just going to talk about whatever. So upcoming, if you're listening to this in a timely manner, we have two encore presentations, Golda for a second week and Past Lives for a fifth week. Oh, man. Then we have our William Friedkin Festival continuing with Cruising, starring Al Pacino. Mm. Jeff, you coming to Cruising? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's good. That's a good double bill with Drag Dragon, actually. Very similar. We recently screened The Goonies, and so happy that it did very, very well, because the last time we screened it, about four people showed up. So something happened. I think now it's like cool and retro, and a lot of people showed up. So it gave us the excuse that we're going to screen The Monster Squad, which is just Goonies with monsters. (laughs) But then the big thing coming up that is a good topic of conversation is we're screening this movie called Cade... The Tortured Crossing. Oh, Neil Breen classic. We screened it once. It packed the house and... Like 300 people there. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was insane. I was in Toronto, so I missed it. So I'm so glad we're bringing it back. For those not in the know, it is one of those... I don't know if there's a nicer way to describe this genre, but it's the so bad it's good genre. And we have screened, I don't know, half a dozen Neil Breen movies over the year? That many? Yeah, he's got like seven or eight now. It's kind of confusing because he had one that it was like a five and a half hour supercut of all of his movies with him talking over them. Does that count as a movie? He said it did. And <laughs> I say it isn't, but it literally was just him. So it's like a director's commentary, but it's six hours long. I'm like, who's watching this? Like, I, I love the guy, but I'm like, is this, could I just have watched a commentary on each movie? Like, I can't do this. I love Neil Breen. Don't, I hope he doesn't hear for, this. For Kay, this new movie, he went out and spent all of his budget on Getty Images which is a company where you can buy high-res 
photos of inside churches and castles. And what he did is he, he just filmed actors on green screen and used these still images behind, behind the actors. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look really like they're it <laughs> in the castle. It doesn't look like they're in the insane asylum. It looks like they're in front of a green screen on this. It's insane that he thought this was doable. And on, it might have looked maybe good on his laptop, but on the big screen at the Mayfair, like you couldn't hear the movie. I had to keep running upstairs to turn it up louder and louder. But people were laughing for 90 minutes throughout. Yeah. It's really something. I heard you laughing from across the theater. I was like, <laughs> Lee is into this movie. Like we were. Well, I was laughing because I was seeing with people. Like yeah. the people spent money to come see it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you were the one that getting that cash. So you were laughing all the way to the bank. You're like, this is great. Very and, funny. And there was a gentleman who was tricked because all of the Neil Breen fans are hilarious jerks. So they went on IMDb and just gave it 10, gave it 10, gave it 10. So it's up to like, you know, 8.2. So some poor, naive film enthusiast showed up thinking he was going to come see the new Truffaut film or something. And I wasn't there. I was at Fan Expo in Toronto, but Eric told the story. Yeah, well, yeah, he, I, I talked to him. He, yeah. he came to me, and I don't want to put down other cinemas in Ottawa, but he saw, he went to see a movie at the Bytown, and he had a bad experience. It happens at the Mayfair. There was something wrong with the projector. And he's like, I'm going to stop going to the, the Bytown because the projection is terrible. I said, like, no, 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 you just went on a bad night or something. And he goes, well, I want to test the Mayfair. This, he said, I haven't been oh, to the no. Mayfair before, <laughs> and I want to test it. So I found this 10-star review movie, and I'm testing my whether I'm going to come back or not on Cade. One and night I said, only. I said, Andrew, give this man his money back. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, please don't judge us based on this movie, like pleading with him very much. I gave him his $15 back, and he's like, no, no, no. He was so nice. He said, no, keep it, but said... Did everyone have a lobotomy to get into this theater because they're loving it and it's awful? It was it was the best part of that night. Yeah, and it's not mutually exclusive. Like we all know it's awful, but we all enjoyed it. So it's he like, couldn't get that. I couldn't. I said I tried to relate because he's an older gentleman, and I said, "Do you remember uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or or maybe the Blob? The Blob is probably of your era, wherein people loved it." <laughs> You're old, right? You know the Blob. You're old. <laughs> you remember Before, that movie with the train coming at you on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I felt bad. But I was so excited because after the movie, I was like, okay, no way did that guy like this. But maybe he bought in and was like, oh, people are laughing. We're having fun. Power of cinema. So I run to Lee. I was like, where's that man? Like, what happened after the movie? And they were like, he left after 15 minutes. I, wa I watched him stand up and walk to the back of the theater, and I got up to say... <laughs> did you like the movie? I was more interested in his opinion of the film than anyone. And I said, please go to INDB and tell him what you think. Oh Neil Breen probably needs to hear that. Yeah, that maybe he should shoot in locations instead of uh, half-assing it on Getty Images. He's this, yeah, but then my 10-star review offset that guy's review, so... I'm sorry, I, and I don't mean to put on Neil Breen either. It's a, it's a wonderful film, and there's nothing, <laughs> nothing like it. Everyone's making a movie. Everyone's got an iPhone in their pocket now. Everyone's making movies, and here's this guy who may puts it all to shame because he, he's selling out everywhere. The film's winning at film festivals. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he's starting the film festivals himself to get himself to win. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Not true at all. No, we love Neil Breen. I, I keep yeah, saying because he is a client. You know, like you have to. We we he's we a love customer. Him. We yeah. pay him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, too. Like, I mean, they all do well. So it's like, it's not a slight or anything like that or anything against him. Because I was like, you said, I mean, it's he's laughing all the way to the bank. Like, he's has no bad movies in a way. But then another way. But I think monetarily, he, he cares more about his art. than he, he's not in it to make lots of money and make yeah, yeah. it cheap. He really is an artist. He is. And, and, and I know people who 
gauge art differently, right? Uh, I don't, <laughs> Why did I don't, you point at me? Uh, well, I, well, I don't know. I have a friend who works at the Bytown, and he, he only considers things art if it's good. Like, okay. art can't be creative if it sucks. Like, you know, it, wow. anything that's creative, like Police Academy is art, but he would say, no, it's not. It's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, but it's just art you don't like. But if you'd said Mission to Moscow or something, I would have been there. But I'm like, the first one, come on, we're not having fun watching the, I mean, not so much in 2023, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I have the first four Police Academy movies, Eric, are fine films. Okay, of course. <laughs> five, <all> yeah. <laughs> For me, Police Academy got crazy at Police Academy 5. That's when it started to dip I in quality. Saw the, you know, that's, I saw Police Academy 5 at the Bytown Cinema. It used to be the oh, Nelson. Man. It used to be the Nelson. It used to be the 20th century cinema before that. But I saw this Police Academy 5. My dad took me to see all the sequels at the Nelson. And five, I said to my dad, I remember after the movie, I said, I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to go see six. You still saw six and seven, though, I imagine. I saw like, six, not you seven. Had to. Not, you've never seen seven? I, well, not theatrically. Okay. But Christopher Lee's in it. <laughs> and Fair. it's the best cast. It's terrible. Christopher Lee and uh, who plays uh, Hell, uh, Hellboy? Ron Perlman, thank nice. you. He's in Police Academy 7. Don't right. watch it. <laughs> but yeah. it's crazy that these two fellas are in this seventh film. And now Ron Perlman's in the new Nick Cage movie, The Retirement Plan, hopefully playing soon at the Mayfair. I don't know. I keep leaning on him. Every time there's a Cage movie, I'm like, hey, Lee, um, you know. Well, you bring up a good point. Like, you want to see it at the theater, but it doesn't mean it's available because a lot of these films, a lot of these movies now, a lot of movies, I would say, not a lot, a majority of movies are being made for streaming services. So they don't want you. They're choosing for the first time in the history of you know movie making. They're telling you how to watch movies. They don't want you to see it in the theater. They want you to stay at home and watch it on a streaming service. Sometimes if Netflix wants to win an Oscar, they'll let the Mayfair show a movie so it's eligible for an Academy Award. But mostly there was the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The Netflix wouldn't even return my emails. It's like let's show. It was really good too. I'm gonna say it. I'm going out on a limb. Everybody seemed to hate that. No. For a franchise like that, I'm like, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, eight. Really, we're doing this? Like, we're, no, 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 now it's not that good. I did not seen four. I'm not going to go on this, you know, for ten minutes, but, but I could. But it's sad that they say, no, yeah. we don't want you to show it because they want people to watch it at home. Maybe if we show it, people know about it more and they'll sign up to Netflix. Who doesn't have Netflix? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's I, what I always think. That there's a karma wheel to it because... When we screen The Goonies, and it does really well, but if someone misses it, they might go, oh, I missed that at the Mayfair. I'm going to watch it elsewhere now. And that's the same with all the Netflix movies we've screened and that kind of thing. But especially in the past few years, every time there's evidence of Parasite, which we screened for 18 weeks, <laughs> and the only reason we didn't screen it for 19 and 20 is because COVID happened. And now, like, we're showing past lives for a fifth week, and we've shown a number of movies lately on Holdover. So, you know, we're not doing that out of the love of the game. We're doing that because these movies keep making money. And you can always point at that. And that's the frustrating thing is you point at that and be like, hey, look, people are coming. We just screened Indy 5. And it did really well. I saw that four times in the theater, Indiana yeah. Jones, because I love Indiana Jones. And I swear, we showed it three times yeah we had 80 people we had 80 people one screen 100 people at other yeah i swear no theater in ottawa had that many people i went opening night i went opening week at the two different theaters and there was like 30 people in the audience because the rooms are small now indiana jones is playing on 10 screens but 10 screens only have about 40 or 50 seats they're square rooms like the mayfair is a real movie theater the bytown's a real movie theater it's like this room. It's like a little rectangular. It's not square. And you go to these multiplexes, a square. Theater, cinema, the, the, the scope image, you know, the image is supposed to stretch. You can imagine there's a scope image here. 
and the, and the theater's rectangular, so you can focus from here to there. But if it's square, they really, the multiplexes realize they can't focus the image any longer. And the only way they could focus it is curve the screens. And someone said, well, isn't the audience going to hate curved screens? And there was this decision made, no, we make it seem good. So you can, like AMC, they advertise new curved screens like it's a plus. It's not a plus. It's, it's the, them correcting a mistake by building square rooms. They're going to start putting shit on the popcorn and telling you it's good. <laughs> I remember going to see the cinematic masterpiece Spice World on opening night. Ooh, good movie. Roger uh, Moore. Cinema. Uh, <laughs> South Keys. South Keys. Oh, man. Which was problematic because me and my three other dummy friends realized, and we were all going full on, like not ironically, that we were the only four guys in our 20s there by ourselves and not not to be genderous, but not little girls with parents. And we're like, oh my God, we look like creeps here. <laughs> but as an aside, it had the curved screen and there's all these scenes of the Spice World bus going left to right. And it looked curved, like it looked so bad. And I'm like, you're ruining my Spice World going experience. That's what made it bad. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I, I, always, I always notice the curved screen. I noticed the exit lights. The, the oh, that drives me insane. On the screen. Yeah, it's they, they. Yeah, they and they and you know when they show movies, there's no one there to make sure it sounds good and looks good. <laughs> We're putting down other theaters. Yeah, <laughs> but I get pissed off when and, and and they have a piece of paper. Have you ever noticed the piece of paper they have in multiplexes where they have, someone has to walk in and sign it and leave yeah. just to so and they're supposed to go in and make sure no one's fighting or having coitus and they want to make sure <laughs> the screen is in focus. And the sound's good. They're supposed to, but you can see these kids walking in with their heads down, signing and leaving and not even doing their job. Drives me nuts. Well, I heard an urban legend from a former employee of ours who briefly worked at Cineplex that, this is nuts, but it sounds crazy enough to be true. They don't want to hire kids who like movies because they don't want them to be going to movies with their friends. So in the interview process, they're like, do you like movies? And if the kid says, I don't really like movies, they're like, you're hired. <laughs> and I'm like, if you're getting a job at, you know, like a, a high-end fashion place or, or a bakery, you're like, have you made bread before? No, you're in. I imagine Dairy Queen might not hire you if you really like ice cream. They want to eating <laughs> the bucket. How did they find the four people that don't like movies? That's what I want to know. Like, oh, we really lucked out. Well, that's why you always see their name tags, and it ha it's supposed to say their favorite movie, and it says the most recent Fast and Furious movie, because that's the only one they've seen. They're like, oh, yeah, I saw that one the other day. Oh, my I God. keep It pisses me off when I see very mediocre movies on their name tags. <laughs> According to us, you know, because I'm like... Our case. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say everyone's allowed their own opinion, but it's not true. Yeah, no. Mine would say <laughs> Sleepaway Camp 2, and I'd be like, well, what's the problem, you know? Come you on. You have to spend the rest of your life convincing people it's a masterpiece. I, I've been working on it. It's only been 40 years, so we still got time. Jeff's wearing a Pink Flamingos t-shirt. We can yeah. all agree that that's a masterpiece. Of course, of course. Yeah, we, we need to show that again, I think. I like that we were trying to quickly tell the movies we're going to show. We're like, we'll get that out of the way before we go off topic. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes well, later. Oh, well, you I want to talk about the two movies because we are live and we never get to pimp the movies we're showing yeah. now. Yeah. So if you like Sim at all, we're, I don't know, I'm really excited this week that we're, sh we're showing The Sorcerer. William Freakin died. He William Freakin directed The Exorcist and uh, I almost said The Shining. <laughs> French Connection. And so we're showing five of his films, but this week we're showing The Sorcerer with Roy Scheider. And it's a remake of a movie called Wages of Fear, which we're also showing. So I don't know. I keep thinking to myself, I told, I, like, if I didn't work at the Mayfair and that was happening, I'd poop my pants. You and Josh both keep calling Sorcerer the Sorcerer, yeah, which sorcerer. I'm fascinated by. 
He got better, but then he slipped up, and now you're here. I was like, oh, my God. Well, The Sorcerer shouldn't even be the title of the movie. because uh, It's only called The Sorcerer because The Exorcist was such a big hit. They wanted something that sounded like from the director of The Exorcist. Yeah. So it's called Sorcerer just because it sounds like it could be another horror movie from William Friedkin. That's why I refuse to see it. There's no wizards in it. Yeah. There's no wizards But you all. haven't seen it, so you don't know. I, oh, Mike there Schreier better be. has to transport, uh, what's that, a really explosive thing? Not dynamite, but uh, nitroglycerin nice. across the jungle. And in a truck, and he can't hit a pothole, and he can't, they can't sneeze, or the whole truck's going to blow up. Yeah, yeah. It's and like a reverse movie. speed, basically. you got to keep <laughs> it super low. That's a fair, should say that in the poster. <laughs> yeah. Sorcerer, not a horror movie, more like a reverse speed. It's good, yeah, but not like speed two at all. It's fine. And there's Cruise a shark control. on his tail. Yeah, yeah. No, there's sharks involved always. No, good movie, though. You should see it. Sorcerer. Not, never watch The Sorcerer. It doesn't exist. But we have so many cool things coming up for Halloween, and we always joke that that's Halloween month, but we just screen horror movies all the time. But one thing is one of my proud accomplishments at the Mayfair is a couple years ago, I said to Lee, can we just do a Friday the 13th fest, but over six years, and start with the first one and go all the way through? So coming up, we have part six of 12. There's 12 movies, and it's a six-year fest, and we're just hitting one every Friday the 13th. And the first one happened on March 13th, 2020, two days before we closed down for COVID. And not to make light of all the COVID stuff, but my biggest concern was not to throw off my festival. That's, yeah. And He doesn't have kids, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and it worked. We managed to, on those weird times in between, when we came back, it worked, and we showed part two and three. So we're about to screen part six. The best one. And then part 12, which is actually the reboot that killed everything, will be in 2026. And for six years, I'm going to be like, I wonder if they'll have a new one by the time we finish the fest. There ought to be. I mean, we're getting a TV show, apparently, but... Oh, yeah. We'll Friday, Friday the 13th, part six, we're showing on the 13th. This, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as the book. Did you read the book? What? I, I, what? When I moved to Ottawa in 1986, Friday the 13th, 6 was in the theater. And I remember going to the theater at the Rideau Center. I couldn't see it because I wasn't 18. Mm. And they were I, in Newfoundland, I snuck into horror movies all the time. I saw yeah. The House and Nine and a Half Weeks, which is not a horror movie. But, <laughs> it's like but very Ottawa, similar films. They were strict, and I couldn't go see it. So uh, I went to, um, I lived downtown behind the Bytown. And there was a convenience store there, and they had the novelization of Friday the 13th Part 6, which I still have. I was, that was my next question. And I read it, and at the end of the book, Jason's father comes yeah. to Camp Crystal Lake. Elias. And they, it's not in the movie. And I remember thinking, I'm not a big book reader, but the first time in my life I said that thing that's always been said to me as a kid, it's not as good as the book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. I, that might be, I, I admit, I haven't read the novelization, so, you know. There's nothing like the book. Does Jason's good because of gore? Yeah. Then you can't get that in the book. So the movie is better, right, Jeff? Star Wars is better as a movie than than in the book. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> She's reading High Republic. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to make make the point that um, you know some things you, you can't spoil. You can't spoil Jason. You can say, oh, he kills a lot of teenagers. But you go see it to see him kill a lot of teenagers. It just yeah. There's something about seeing it. Um, it's not about never seeing ruin teenagers in getting a word, murdered. In a sentence. <laughs> yeah, teenagers being murdered. Well, yeah. if they're virgins, it's fine. Yeah, that's what I've learned from Jason. Oh, non-virgins, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, non-virgins get killed. Yeah, that's awful. They should die. <laughs> you, you've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, good movies, good movies. <laughs> what else it's we that got? word coitus again. <laughs> so we're doing... We've done a number of these over the years, and they're always really popular. And upcoming, a band called Death Ships 
is going to do a live performance in front of the silent film Nosferatu. And it's really cool. It's really... What I love about the Mayfair is when you watch a movie like this, it really does feel like time travel. And when you're watching a silent film, black and white, with live music happening, that doesn't happen very often. A movie that's over 100 years old now. Yeah, like we screened it a year ago for its centennial, and that was the first time we screened a centennial film. So that's always a lot of fun, and we're, so that's coming up on October 20th. And then later in the year, we're going to have a different band come in and do another film, we're ramping these up of doing them every few months now, and yeah, it's always fun. People love them, and it really is a little bit of kind of time travel, it feels like. Yeah, it's going to get, I think, cinema, uh, classic cinema. Old movies aren't old anymore, and, and you know, pretty soon we're going to have more and more centennials. Yeah. You know, in a few years, we're going to get into the 30s. You're going to be, the, we're going to live long enough to see the 100th anniversary of Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. Not the Empire Strikes Back, but <laughs> I am. Um, it's going to be <laughs> incredible to go into a room and see a 4K presentation of something shot on 35 millimeter and feeling like you were there. I love watching old movies that are shot on location. Sometimes when, if you're looking at an old movie and it's a, it's a set, it's not as in interesting. But I watched um, John Cassavetes this week. I watched John Cassavetes' faces, uh, not faces, shadows, that was shot in Times Square in the 50s. And it's a 4K, it's a 4K scan. And you're, you're there. It's black and white, but you're there. And I don't think I've ever seen Times Square look so good from so long ago. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. So the power of cinema, what we're celebrating here today, is still not seeing its potential. It's going to get more and more and more, and more uh, impactful. It's like it, it is as impactful as sanitation. <laughs> you think of all the things man has done to make life better. Yeah. Sanitation's got to be up there. And I think the moving image will be regarded like that someday, that it's one of the best things we've ever brought to uh, this big green earth when you think uh, neil breen you think sanitation <laughs> <laughs> certainly i hope he's not listening no, yeah, but he's not because him. he doesn't have a laptop oh that's true yeah he hates technology so we're fine it's weird the talk about timelines and goonies was on my brain and was talking about it with some other nerd friends and you know when you're a kid so the first movie i saw in the theater i was really young was empire strikes back and the movie finished and spoiler alert it's a cliffhanger and I was four years old, and I looked to my dad and was like, when's the next one? Because I had seen Star Wars at the drive-in right before that, like a year before or Are whatever. Are you in Ottawa? Yeah. So Britannia drive-in? That's where I saw Star Wars. At the no, I saw Star Wars at the Renfrew drive-in. Ah. Yeah. You saw Empire in Ottawa. Yeah. And I would have seen it later, right? Because there was a strike at the time. A strike, yeah. Yeah. So it took months for it to come out in Ottawa. So I didn't know that, right. but... Um, He's four. He I'm know four. What do I know about strikes? It was a, a projectionist strike. Oh, man. In Ottawa, I had a projectionist strike. And I knew people who were going to Montreal to see it. And, and, and um, like, babysitters. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I waited, like you did, to see it here. So, Goonies is about 37 or 38 years old from today. 37 years before Goonies was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Like, that, that's crazy. So that somebody now looking back on Goonies is when we were kids looking back on an Abbott and Costello movie. And that's why we're old. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that, does it? Because, no. I mean, Goonies was shot on 35mm at a big Hollywood studio. In a way, it kind of doesn't look old. They're not, they don't have cell phones. But it doesn't seem old. But there is something about black and white cinema like Abbott and Costello. Um, but if you can get past that, if you can get past the fact that it's in black and white, the clarity is so incredible. And it really looks like, like, like I tell my kids all the time, old, because my kids don't want to sit down with me and watch a John Wayne movie. They don't want to sit down with me and watch anything Henry Fonda's in. 
because or Jerry Lewis. Well, not Jerry Lewis. He did color movies because it's in black and white. It's like no, but it, it's but look at the image. Look how <laughs> it's it's brilliant. And so old movie. I keep saying old movies aren't old anymore. We're old, but movies aren't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I like that. There was a real sense a few years back when. Long story short, we went digital like every other cinema did. And we did a big fundraiser, and our patrons helped us out, and we got a new projector. But we lucked out because we have a big projection booth just by happenstance. So we didn't have to throw out our 35-millimeter projectors. A lot of theaters did. So every once in a while, we get to make use of the old 35-millimeter projectors, but 99% is on digital. And kind of like the fight between records and CDs and 8-tracks and digital... There's always somebody who's like, oh, it's not doesn't count anymore. But the amount of stuff we have gotten to screen on digital that looks so good, and talking about bad movies, the first one we watched was uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> and we had screened it a couple years ago on film, which is fun, but it was really beat up and scenes missing and really you know hard to watch. It adds to it, though, a little it bit. It does. And then watching it on digital, though, I was like, this movie has no right to look this good. Like It was like watching it the first night. You're like, wait, those are cardboard sets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been dying to tell you this story. I had an experience in Los Angeles, and I try to keep it short, but I, I said to myself, I really want to tell you guys on the podcast. Oh, no. I went to show Enter the Drag Dragon for a week in Los Angeles at the Lemley Theater Chain in downtown Los Angeles, and it was really exciting. Now, if you think about old theaters in Ottawa. The newest theater ever built in Ottawa is the Lansdowne Theater. But before that, I think the newest one is uh, World Exchange. So I've never really had experience of seeing movies in new movie theaters. I went to this Lemley Theater in downtown Los Angeles, six screens in a building. It was a brand new theater. And I said, I own a movie theater in Ottawa. Can I go see your projection booth? And they said to me, and I don't mean to blow your mind, we don't have a projection booth. What? They had their DC projectors in the wall. And they had wow. all their DC gear at the cash register where you buy tickets. So they would sell the tickets and press play like this. Yeah, yeah. And the projectors were right there. And then to me, you don't have a projection. And I went into all the theaters. It's like, it's, wow, it's, this is crazy. It was like being in someone's basement. Yeah. But the, 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 you know, the movies looked great. No one there noticed or cared. But for me, who's so used to being cinemas built in a certain way, it's like building a, a castle without a bathroom. Like just I, I love projection booths. If you ever come to the Mayfair and it's not very busy, you can ask Josh or Eric or myself that seeing the projection booth is really special. It's a, it's like I think the Mayfair is like church. <laughs> it, you know, m movies to me is a religious experience. So theaters like the old movie theaters like the Bytown from the 40s, the Mayfair's older. Uh, it's the Mayfair's more like a cathedral actually. So just peeking in and in, in, in behind the like the booth is so neat up there. There's still our 35 millimeter projectors. We have our DC projector, and there's a bathroom in the in the booth that doesn't have a door because we used to change every 20 minutes the reel to reel. And if the projectionist was taking a poop and he heard the bell, he could run out quickly and change it and go back. <laughs> and that's why there's no door in the washroom. Oh, <laughs> Do you suspect that there was a projection or a projection booth? And they just didn't want to show you it because oh, they're no, like, no, there's there this weird guy who's like harassing us. No, no. It just made <laughs> me think you can build a cinema anywhere now. Yeah, it was just yeah. built in this building. Like, you, you know, you just put the projector back there. There's no, yeah, you don't, it's like, I don't know, it felt like they, I saw a clone human and they didn't do it right. It was good, though? It looked good? Like everything oh, was yeah, nice. it looked yeah. like it was in focus. Well, the, the movie is so strong. Yeah, true, it, true. It only helped. Yeah. <laughs> God. What an excellent story to wrap things up on for the day. <laughs> Did 
you even say all the movies? I don't even know. We kept interrupting you. We got so many movies. That's the thing. <laughs> we got movies. We got movies. You like movies? Just recently, somebody said this. He goes, I've been here once every few weeks for years. And I'm not just saying this. He said, you only show good movies. Yep. And I'm like, that's what we joke about. We only show good movies. Yeah, chain theaters have to show what the studios bring out. Yeah. We don't have to show Fast and Furious. Yeah. No. We don't have to show whatever else. Just we don't ask that guy, the green guy, shoot. if we show good movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> one time, maybe it wasn't good, but no, it's good. And we love the patrons who just come, like, every Friday night and watch a good movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, so we... Yeah, uh, Jeff's one of them. Jeff's, Jeff's one, one right of there. our best uh, customers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we did get the warning that we got to start wrapping up soon, which is good, because if not, we would just stay here <laughs> for two hours long. You've got that, like, mind meld thing going on. Yeah. I didn't even notice. But, so thanks for joining us today, everybody. You can find us at MayfairTheater.ca and on most of the social medias. We just got onto Blue Sky. Somebody said you should be on this other one. And I'm like, there's so many social medias. <laughs> you, I'm sure there must be one you can use. Yeah, yeah we're on this that's, Blue Sky now. That's not even the confusing one. It was Mastodon. Mastodon. And I'm like, like, I thought it was the band. Like, what I'm are we like, doing here? They all say the same thing. I put the same thing on all of them. Just get one. <laughs> You're fine. Please, just come to a movie. I don't want to do this. You on Tinder? Uh, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different thing. I'm married. And, yeah, stay tuned throughout uh, Halloween month. Lots of good stuff coming up. Lots of good stuff coming up for the holiday season. We'll have at least two Saturday morning cartoons, one in October, one in December. Uh, and for those of you here, I brought a bunch of posters. So if anyone wants a poster, come see oh, me. And I'll give you some posters to thank you for joining us today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Those at home, thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon thanks, on the guys. Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Thank you. Bye. That was fun. Bye, everybody. Yeah, we can meet uh, Giancarlo Esposito, and I can talk to him about being in The Changeling. Yeah. Okay, he was you're in not the invited Changeling. anymore. Oh, <laughs> come on. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Whoa! Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? Toys to the werewolf. Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's going to do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the Real monsters? Us? Midnight. In the world, remember? Maybe if we can be like Masquad and Stench, you know? Two mask bombs. We got a 1035. Sit back up. Hurry up. The book is right. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight, you guys. they won't seem so young anymore. The Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone. Yes.